This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Have you shopped the clearance section on the Tallman Equipment website? When the folks at Tallman need to make room on their warehouse shelves, that means big savings for you guys, from power tools to dynamometers and much more. Check Tallman Equipment's clearance page on their website at www.tallmanequipment.com shop clearance and save some big bucks today. Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. These gummies are a holistic, non-habit-forming approach to help you relax, restore, and unwind. They are made with ashwagandha, which is classified as an adaptogen. These adaptogens are a select group of plants to help your body cope with stress. Studies have shown that KSM 66 ashwagandha reduces levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. Use our promo code to show up that foundation to get 10% off your order. And last but not least, Zenderance. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zenderance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad out there. They use proven, clean, and accessible products to make an impact on your health and performance. Use my code, the show up dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zenderance.com. That is spelled X-E-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Thank you. Welcome to Show Up Dad Podcast, where our mission is to improve the well-being of children by increasing the proportion of children growing up with an involved, responsible, and committed father. The Show Up Dad Foundation is a 501c3 organization that encourages dad to become more than just a paycheck. Today's guest is none other than Dr. Stephen Poulter. He is the author of The Shame Factor and many other life-changing books. He has practiced as a clinical psychologist specializing in family relationships for more than 30 years. Dr. Stephen Poulter uses decades of experience to bring understanding and insight to those struggling with trauma, healthy relationships, addiction, and self-destructive behaviors. Welcome to the show, Dr. Poulter. Great to be with you, David and Jenny. Thank you so much. It's very kind. I appreciate the intro. It's uh, very humbling. Uh, I'm like <laughs> the rest of the dads out there. We're just uh, moving forward and doing the best we can. That doesn't mean we're not doing a good job, but we keep moving forward. Yeah, you know, There's a lot to be said for persistence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a lot to be said. And I, I know today's topic is about narcissism and codependence. Yes. And it's interesting when I was speaking to your wife, people, oh, women are codependent. Everyone says, oh, yeah, that's understandable. But I find men, that's kind of like emotional cancer. Not kind of, it is emotional cancer. Mm-hmm. Women are very upfront about it, you mm-hmm. know, because the hard part with codependence, where does good nurturing stop and codependence starts? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that spectrum. Nurturing on the other end is codependence. When you have a newborn, Absolutely, we're codependent with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moms take care of business, dad. But as we go through life and get older, codependence becomes for children raised with a narcissistic parent because that parenting style is about you need to make me feel good, and kids become an extension of the parent. That works to about age eight, nine, and ten. Mm. Then the conflict starts. Because now you got an individual coming who hmm. has their own thoughts, their own feelings. And that's where they talk about the terrible adolescents, terrible teens, many times is with the narcissistic parent because the wow. child has their own opinion. 
-hmm. or starting to develop their own opinion. And where codependence starts is the kid learns, the child learns. I know more about what makes my parent, my dad or mom feel good than I know about what makes me feel good. Because yeah. to get their love, I need them to be happy. Wow. And if they're happy, I'm okay. You guys know where this goes. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. We're, we're going downhill, face down, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> the grand can't. It doesn't end well. Because no. the child, teenager gets in their 20s, they know how to take care of people. Mm -hmm. But they don't know how, how to take care of themselves. And the other, another piece is boundaries. Mm -hmm. They, I, I use the analogy of a good relationship is like playing tennis. You're on your side, I'm on my side. I'm 100% responsible for my 50. In codependency, I'm responsible for 200%. Mm -hmm. My 100 and your 100. Mm -hmm. You know, I hit the ball over the net. And if you don't like the way it's hit, I'm going to run over and hit it for you. Mm. Yeah. And you see this women that feel exhausted. They feel like a doormat. Or men, like you said earlier, Dave, feel like a paycheck. Yeah. They're there. And then way they, the way as adults we feel love is our partner is happy. And if yeah. they're not happy and accepting, we're not lovable. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece comes in, shame. Wow. The shame says we're defective. And you guys, get, there's the perfect triangle. Mm -hmm. You've got nar narcissism, codependence, on the bottom, shame. Mm -hmm. Those three together, that's a tough cycle. It can be healed. Yeah. But it keeps a lot. You know, it's not that marriages don't work. Marriages can't work in that. That triangle is suffocating because there's no room for you, Danny or David. There's no room for individuals. It's either right. we, I either make you happy. And if you're not happy, I'm bad. Wow. That is cancerous. That's Jonathan Gutman, the guru on relationships up in Washington. Uh -huh. That's one of his major premises. If the, if the environment between the two of you isn't safe, there's no intimacy. Codependence, the environment is you're happy. Hmm. Either happy with our new house, our car, our status, the money. And that's what it becomes. And I see this equally with women and men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not a gender issue, it's a people issue, mm -hmm. it's a relationship issue. How does it show up differently in men as opposed to with women? Because I think with women, it's kind of obvious because we tend to gravitate towards a more nurturing type of nature. Right. But how does it show up in men? I think many times, it, what you said, absolutely. Women get, it is really hard. Because being a, you know, you hear about um, the mom who isn't a good mother. What does that mean? You know, being involved with your children. And many times you see with the mom where the kids have to be an extension of her. It becomes mm -hmm. really clear. But for men, many times, they'll placate their wife to their own detriment. Yeah. Placating, whether it be with their career, uh, what she wants, that the world revolves around mom. Not that isn't nothing that's not good, but it's out of balance. Because mm -hmm. there's no room for a second opinion. There's yeah. no room for any, anybody else. It's with men with in a codependent relationship, it's the other person is front and center and mm -hmm. everything revolves around them, your needs. And you're just an extension of them. Mm. If they're unhappy, you're, there's a terror that comes up in the partner mm -hmm. that if they're not happy. They're in trouble. That impending doom terror is rampant. That's why I know someone's in a codependent relationship. I, I ask, yeah. You ever have feelings of terror? Yes. Impending doom. Yes. It's not because of the future or money. It's because that relationship. Like you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're in trouble. 
mm. or you think you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And you that's kind of like the predominant energy in the relationship for men. And I really, you know, it's, univer- it's universal, Jenny. I see it with both. How it manifests with men may have to do with um, mm-hmm. work, uh, uh, getting uh, childcare, doing what they what she wants, socially decorate. You see a lot. It's much more externalized. Yeah, for mm. men, a lot more materialism, if you will. Oh, okay. And I see that yeah. too, Dr. Steve Poulter. When you were talking, I I was looking back to my own childhood, and we had a, a two story home. Okay. Now, when my father would come down the stairs the stairs would creak and we'd hear that. And I would be lying to say if none of us, the three kids that were there did not dread hearing those steps when he was coming down. Cause automatically we started going to assumption. We did something wrong. We're going to get hit. Uh, this is not safe. Um, and, and I'm not bashing on my old man. You know what I mean? I'm not, no, no, no. I forgive him that, and everything, that, but you know, David, that dynamic right there, mm-hmm. bingo. And by the way, all addictive, all addictions are narcissistic. Wow. Okay, oh. let, let's just get that on the table. Yeah. How, all right. Can you go further in that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I know. And here we go. It's Monday and let's just throw the ball down the field. Here. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get this in the end zone. Alcoholism uh, among men is still the most underdiagnosed illness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now I'm on a roll here. <laughs> the CDC, the Center for D- Disease Control, still considers alcoholism, social drinking, the least diagnosed addiction mm. in this country. Mm. Not cigarette smoking, because cigarette smoking, as we know in California, you know, it's not legal in public places. Yeah. You know, in the last 20, 30 years. But an alcoholic father is highly narcissistic, and the family is codependent around him. Okay. Mm-hmm. David, like you and your siblings, dad came downstairs. You, the three of you knew within two seconds what to do to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Bingo. And you knew what not to do in order to avoid trouble. Yeah. When I see kids that are perfectly well-behaved, I'm always thinking, who's the narcissist in that family? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kids, you know, you know, it's like a dog that doesn't bark. Either they remove their voice box or this dog's been beaten. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I never thought. It's no different with kids. It's no different with children. Wow. Wow. Okay. When I have kids come in and tell me, oh, my parents are terrible. They abuse me. I'm like, no, they don't. Kids who are abused will never tell you. Oh, my God. I know. I, I got, I'm, I'm going out there, you guys. I'm out there with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, that's heavy. But in my practice, I've had kids come in going through a divorce. Parents are. And one kid's, yeah, my my dad's terrible and whatnot, but they're not afraid of him. They're just angry at him. Yeah. Wow. Kids have been abused are terrified. Man, that I don't want perfect sense. Perfect. Doesn't it? Yes. Um, and just, just to top off with that, yeah. my father, okay, when he gets together with his, chi- with his siblings, right? All of them are always talking about how abusive their father was, right? Right. The one who never talks about it is my dad. That's saying a lot right there. If, if what you're saying is kids who are abused will never yep. talk about it, that man does not talk about his dad at all. I mean, his siblings will be sitting around there like in a sewing circle about how abusive he was and how angry and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. My dad will not say one thing. You guys? That's crazy. That is crazy. You know what? That is airtight. Yeah. I have not found that to be 
not true. I know it's poor grammar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have men come in and they're, I think by age 35 going forward, it starts to bubble up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a child or their son, particularly boy, father and son. Their son becomes 12. All of a sudden the dad is like having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Comes in. I go, what happened? Well, come to find out at age 13, there was a, a sexual impropriety in the neighborhood hmm. with that with that boy at 13 because his father was narcissistic he blamed the son hmm. wow now this son is now 38 and has a, has a teenage son mm-hmm. and is freaked out that's going to happen i go it's not going to happen because a you're talking about it b you're aware of it but see you've got to process it because it goes in our body yeah mm-hmm. and narcissists like your father a lot of men medicate with alcohol okay i'm not Mm-hmm. anti-drink i'm just talking about how yeah you know, they mm-hmm. you know anesthetize it it is mm-hmm. it's powerful because mm-hmm. that the narcissistic parent does not have room for imperfection mm-hmm. in their children because their children have to be perfect so they feel good because mm-hmm. it's coming from an inadequacy mm-hmm. it's coming yeah. from inadequacy and also there's a competition with fathers who are highly narcissistic with their sons like mm-hmm. you can't be better than me Mm. Wow. And I, we see it in sports, you know, and I, I always smile when I see the dads um, encouraging their, their sons to go beyond me. That's our job is to launch them, not yeah. hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I tell dads, your children are a leased vehicle. Uh-huh. <laughs> they are loaned to you. They don't belong to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. They belong, you know, you know the, the greater good, the divine. Yeah. And our job is to do our best we can to help launch these young men. Hmm. Boys who are civilized don't abuse women. Hmm. Boys who are civilized do not abuse women. Hmm. Wow. And that, mean, that means dad who dealt with his trauma is helping his son be civilized. Hmm. Now, daughters of a narcissistic father go one of two ways, where they either become absolutely codependent and they date guys that abuse them. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively. Because mm-hmm. you, you see a beautiful woman and she's with a guy who's just awful to her. And her self-esteem has always been gauged by how much her dad approved of her. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I work with a woman in her 50s and her father was terrible to her. Wow. And her ex-husband is just, I mean, you know, it, it could be an any biography on abuse. Mm-hmm. but finally she escaped and she still feels guilty because mm-hmm. he's unhappy I find because I feel that and this is no disrespect to my father he no. had a very traumatic um, upbringing but I do feel that my dad is closer in the narcissism spectrum because of the way that I was raised and the way that um, after mm-hmm. my parents got divorced I was put in the place of emotional support for him, but there was no emotional support for me. And there was like a lot right. of like, you know, if I do anything for you, then you owe me type of um, stuff. And Ooh. I feel that that really uh, harmed my ability to create healthy boundaries, especially regarding men. And I, I see like there is a pattern of enmeshment that kind of takes place when and correct me if I'm wrong, when a parent is narcissistic and a child is codependent, and then like you're saying, it's very difficult to discover your own identity and um, 
how, who you actually are as a person. I feel like I'm almost in my forties and I really don't even have a clue who I am. So how does somebody start the process to discover those things? Jenny, first of all, brilliant. And matchment. Mm -hmm. Okay. You beat me to point four. (laughs) 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 Because enmeshment is what keeps us safe. Mm -hmm. Children between by age five, Jenny, you knew how to navigate the landmines. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, by age five, you're the printified child. And so your whole life focus is outward. Mm-hmm. It's outward. You know, then you become a mama and it needs to be outward again. But the problem is your childhood was neglected. Mm-hmm. Okay, fast forward now. We're late 30s, early 40s. And that in our 40s is when a lot of development things come out. Like they always have the half-life's 15 years. Things just come up to the surface mm-hmm. for 20 years. And because now your child, your daughter, your son's older, and enmeshment is code for that's how I feel loved. Hmm. It's like we're a lump of mashed potatoes. There's no individuals. We're right. a lump of mashed potatoes. And when you pull away from enmeshment, it's you're committing treason. Mm-hmm. You're hurting the family. I got a mother, her son literally has bolted out of the house as a senior in high school went to live with his dad and she calls me up and says, what did I do wrong? I, I did everything for him. And I feel like I'm going to kill myself. I go, no, she goes, and then she says, he needs another therapist because I'm not doing my job because he's not being codependent with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go, that's not the issue. The issue is your son's trying to find himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. So rather than do it, he just like jumped out of a moving car metaphorically. Mm-hmm. So Jenny, let's talk about how do you individuate from a narcissistic parent at any age. Mm-hmm. And I find for adults, the older we get, the harder it gets. So I just want you to know, my mother died on my wife's birthday. Oh, I'm so I, just want, I just want to check that box of how my mother felt about me abandoning her. Wow. On her deathbed, I asked her, I can't believe it's deathbed. It was on her deathbed. I go, mom, can you answer me two questions? Are you mad? that I got married and moved out? Honestly, yes. Mm-hmm. Are you mad that I have a life of my own? Honestly, mom, she's like, you're gonna pass away in any time. And she goes, yes. Mm-hmm. I go, thank you. <laughs> now you just, the light just went on. Mm-hmm. But I was enmeshed with my mother and it took me years to realize that. And Jenny, once, and did we get into our 30s? Of course, especially with teenagers. Enmeshment is that the only way I can connect with you is I have to be with you. Mm-hmm. I can't tolerate separation. And the big, the first key to you asking the question, three ways to how to get away from enmeshment, learn to tolerate difference. Mm. Difference isn't wrong. Difference is healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's say you want Chinese food. David wants um, a steak. Mm-hmm. It sounds trivial, but in codependence, we just get, okay, I'll have, I'll have a steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you really, but I really want a Chinese food. Yes. I mean, it sounds trivial, but you guys know it, it adds up. Yeah. It builds up to where all of a sudden, you, you know, you break, things just go sideways. The second piece with enmeshment is to tolerate people's disapproval. Because mm-hmm. when your dad, Jenny, if you didn't do what he want, he was, disapproving and as kids that's death Mm -hmm. it means i'm unlovable yes 
Dan and Jen, this is all we talked about psychology for yeah. men. We're hitting 90% of them. Wow. We're hitting 90%. Wow. Because that disapproval is what gets these guys to go postal, in quotes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Can I give you guys a story? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mandalay Bay, 2017, when the guy went up and shot at the concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My sister knew him from school. Wow. My sister's my. I remember we grew up up in Lockerson, which is out in, you know, uh, San, uh, San Fernando Valley. Uh-huh. My sister knew of him in elementary school when he was a few, I don't know how, but they lived in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I don't think I was born yet, but he, my sister said, because back then, kids know what's going on at people's homes. The yeah. FBI came and took his father, arrested him on a Sunday for bank robbery in the early 60s. And that man never saw his dad again. Wow. Oh, wow. At age seven. That sense of neglect, he becomes enmeshed with his wife. Mm-hmm. But the rage to separate, men externalize it. Mm-hmm. Women internalize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are so many eating disorders diagnosed with women? Because they, it's the way to punish themselves. You know, where men acted out, what's the statistic? 99.99 of all um, shooters, these catastrophic shootings are men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you, every one of them had an, a, a narcissistic father, which wow. many times is an absent father. Because mm. wow. to leave your children is all about you. Because mm-hmm. if you think about your son or daughter, you're not leaving. Yeah. I don't care how bad the baby mama is or your wife. You don't just head for the door no so that gentleman does all that kills it's in my book astronomical amount of people mm-hmm. and he had so many so much rage the gun melted wow and that's what stopped the shooting <gasps> wow it melted and this was in uh, cnn and different uh, news reports but that's how the authorities were able to stop him his gun melted and he had more but he, I'm telling you, that enmesh, that loss of his father had him enmeshed. And yeah. for men to separate, they do it through violence. Women, many times when they're enmeshed, will do it through depression. Mm-hmm. They get very, very depressed. Mm-hmm. And it's either they either tolerate the, diff, the, the anger from the parent, mm-hmm. or they tend to just die emotionally. And mm-hmm. we're men to tolerate it either kill off that parent or themselves wow it's very dramatic but emotionally kill off yeah and this guy killed off i don't know that was a crazy number like 50 yeah, people ridiculous yeah ridiculous and this is i remember we went up there in 2019 and you could feel the energy mm-hmm. still around mandalay bay mm-hmm. you know but, but that i know it's a long story jenny but it goes back to to separate have to tolerate disapproval mm-hmm. because if we don't we're going to act it out we're going to act it out and are there certain ways that like you're saying men acted out through anger like i know externalize, externalize it yeah so for i i've seen many times people that are adult codependents um they tend to develop a resentment 
towards everybody else that they, but it's their own fault, right? Because we're not oh, able to God. uphold our boundaries, but yet we right. develop this Blame. resentment, right? Um, and Jenny, I right on. act out and, like in these bad ways. You know, it's interesting because resentment many times is I'm not taking responsibility for my choices. Mm-hmm. Like I did all this for you and you didn't do anything back for me. Wow. Hmm. Jenny, that is, I'm telling you right there, there's yeah. 60% of, 70% of all marriage counseling. That statement dealing with that. I do all this for you and you do nothing for me. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't ask you to do all this. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's a lack of boundaries. Again, there's a tennis analogy. That partner goes the other side of the court. The wife goes over there to hit the ball for the husband. Dry cleaning, laundry, everything. Dad just comes home and does whatever he wants. There's no accountability. Yeah. No accountability. But mm-hmm. resentment over time turns to contempt. And contempt is that the relationship's over. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because in Eastern psychology, they say contempt's not hatred, contempt is indifference. Mm-hmm. And when you're indifferent, you're it's over. Hmm. Wow. Because the opposite, because everyone thinks the opposite of um, love is hate. It isn't. The opposite of love is is indifference. Indifference. Okay. Oh wow. Hmm. Indifferent hatred many times is blaming. I hate you that you don't do this for me. It's your fault. I feel terrible. Oh, oh. wow. And here's another one in couples. Uh-huh. Will you make me feel this way? No, I allow you to make me feel this way. Wow. You hear this a lot. Like, yeah. kids will say, you make me feel terrible. I always say, no, you choose to allow that. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, how do you develop a sense of self when we've infused or codependent? We have to know where we stop and start. Like, last week, my poor pup was paralyzed. I was beside I took responsibility that I was not going to be able to function. It wasn't her fault. wasn't, I just had to own it. Yeah. I just had, I had to call you folks up and I was sobbing, mm-hmm. trying not to sob. And I just took responsibility. I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was no one's fault, right. but I wasn't going to blame the vet or my wife. Mm. She had nothing to do with it either. But, you know, it's just by the grace of God, she's alive today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> thank you. Am I answering your question? Jenny, about how to develop that sense of self? Yes. It, yes. The first and third, I always tell people, ask yourself, what do I want? Mm-hmm. It could be from movie night, clothes, dinner, vacation, or what do you want to talk about? That question strengthens that muscle wow. of your sense of self. Mm-hmm. That is, that's the gateway to really becoming your own person and being your own person makes you a much better partner yeah because i can show up for you and i don't need you to take care of me or fix me i can show up for you mm-hmm. you know and <laughs> recently my my father-in-law passed away mm-hmm. i kept thinking to myself ask my what do you need for me mm-hmm. not what you can do for what do you need for me mm-hmm. she, that's a hard question i go but just think about it and mm-hmm. she came back with answers but i always tell partners ask your partner that. what do you need for me hmm because that gets her to own it or him to own it. Yeah. Right. That's good. Right? Yeah. That's a great exercise. Isn't it? Yeah, I tell it couples is. to do that weekly. Like, let me go for a walk. Another thing I tell couples, go for a walk. Yeah. At least once a week together. 
minus kids, dogs, if you can, and ask each other, what do you need from me this week? Or what does your week look like? Mm -hmm. Two empowering statements. Yeah. I have one more. Um, is Please, narcissism yeah. as like rampant as people are claiming? Are like, is it as common? That's a great question. I always, is it as prevalent as they make it out to sound, right? Yes. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's okay. start there. Uh, narcissism is on from a scale of zero to 10. Okay. Zero to three. If you don't have narcissism, you can't get out of bed. There's healthy narcissism. Then there's mm, not that healthy. And then there's toxic as you get closer to a 10. Healthy narcissism is you know who you are, what you want. You take care of yourself. And what's happening, that word's getting overused, like the word, our family's dysfunctional. Yeah. Now that we don't know what that means. It means we don't talk or we don't, you know, we're, we're doing drugs. What does it mean? You know, so yeah. narcissism is our bodies. How It's like our ego. And having an ego doesn't mean you're an arrogant. It's when unhealthy narcissism is when I need you to make me feel good. Mm. Because I feel inferior. Mm. All narcissistic personality disorder is based, I feel inferior. And they devaluate everybody. I know when I'm working with a narcissist, is when they leave the office and I feel like a bag of dirt. Mm. Wow. And before they came in, I'm feeling great. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, they it's drain Friday you, afternoon. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling great. Gonna, you know, do this or that. They leave and I'm like, you feel incompetent. Mm -hmm. You don't feel right. You did something wrong. They're not happy. It's our fault. Hmm. Recently, I had a father. Uh -huh. I'm just going to say it. Son has major school phobia. I've seen the, the child three or four times. And the dad says to me, oh, yeah, we're going to get another therapist. I go, okay. I'm like, all right. But why? Well, we're not seeing any results. I go, so you're telling me I've seen your son for an hour a week for four weeks You've had him for 13 years and it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> right? He, he, he told me to F off. Yeah. Wow. And I said, okay. I go, now we have an understanding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're good. Mm -hmm. Guess who doesn't leave? That father. Yep. Man, just, just, I don't mean to interrupt. I mean, that's, that, that's awesome. And I see the similarities there, even with, uh, yeah. what I, with what I do as being an alignment instructor. Mm-hmm we get these complaints from the field where these uh, journeyman linemen are complaining. What are you doing with these apprentices? You guys aren't showing them anything. It's like, dude, we see them for one week, every three mm -hmm. months. That's it. You guys see them every yep. single day. What are you doing? You know, correct. See, and that's a narcissist. Yep. David, it's your fault. You're not teaching them. This mm -hmm. father had the audacity. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was indignant. This is why I know I need to keep my dude in check. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, need to my, like okay, I need to remain, you know, yeah. My, yeah, my wife's like, put the phone down. Okay. <laughs> breathe. You know? Yeah. Just breathe. Because I'm bad. Mm -hmm. And I had a narcissistic mom. So I mean, that's, I don't need that nerve to get, you know, I, yeah. we don't need to reactivate that system. So I just said, I go, you've had him for 13 years and here we are. Mm -hmm. So he's, he goes, so you're telling me I haven't done a good job? No, I'm telling you, you need to get involved. Stop blaming people. Hmm. Stop blaming. Get, get in the game. Mm -hmm. And they're still blaming people.
That's unfortunate. I feel bad for the son. But that son in his 20s and 30s is going to have a hard time knowing who and what he is. Yeah. Because he knows what his dad is, but he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. So uh, do narcissistic parents always create like a codependent child or can they also create narcissistic children? Like what are the dynamics that come out of that type of family system? Jenny, it's a fork in the road. It's Mm. like you said, very well said. I find the majority of the time they create codependent children, but maybe a third become narcissistic because they have to protect themselves Mm. from feeling inferior. I find that they're more amenable to treatment and healing because there's a little wounded girl in there or wounded boy who feels unloved and not nurtured. You know, it's not as severe as the parent. Mm. And many times those parents had a worse parent. You know, I go, I want to go back to fathers who were alcoholics or drug addicts. Yeah. That's narcissism at its peak. Yeah. Because there's no regard for the impact on the family. And that's why AA is such a blessing. Because the first thing they do, acceptance and make amends. Mm-hmm. If you're really to get clean, you've got to get, you've got to ask for forgiveness for the collateral damage you cause mm. and the people in your life. Mm. And that's a very narcissistic pro- of healing. Mm. But Jenny, I have not, I've seen it go either or. Now, I may have some people that don't want to be absolutes, but 95% of the time mm-hmm. either goes toward codependence or they become narcissistic. And devaluate everybody. Hmm. And then they need a codependent partner. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. and you see in TV, a lot of times the husband's portrayed as kind of like has no backbone. Yeah. Right. Because the wife's running the show. But many times it's a narcissistic partner. Or, you know, other ones where, you know, dad's like the Sopranos, dad's, you know, a criminal, but he's the guy. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and the wife needs to be codependent with him to make that work. Right. Wow. Right. What type of children do codependent parents create? Do they create like a child that's filled with shame or what direction does that normally go? You must have read the shame factor. I I love your book. I love it. Oh my God. I can't say enough. Thank you. It's interesting. Codependent parents create children with self-doubt. Hmm. I have kids that come in ages, let's say 17 and up. And like with college, applying for college right now as seniors, I mean, I have kids that come in like, like they're drowning with self-doubt. I'm mm. not good enough. I'm Because they were never affirmed. Going back to kindergarten when they did a finger painting mm-hmm. or watercolors or they, you know, brought home art or that, you know, or they got an A plus in spelling or a C. They were never who valued for who they were. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to children who feel incompetent, or excuse me, inferior. The other side is competency. Yeah. Codependent parents create children who feel inferior. Oh. Because they don't feel like they're lovable enough. Because you can't, ultimately, you can't fix somebody else. Oh, you know? okay. I see. Inferior. And that shows up in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of girls that have gotten pregnant young. When I say young, under 20. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, who's the narcissist in your background? Because you had a baby to feel loved. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't promiscuity. It was like many of the girls, admit, I want someone to love me. And I'm oh. always like, get a puppy. I go, get a puppy. <laughs> I'm not being rude. You're like, get yeah. a cat. 
Right. That animal will love you. That'll help heal you. Yes. Not the baby. That's going to just amplify the issues times 10. Wow. Wow. To your point, narcissistic parents breed Mm -hmm. children who feel inferior. Then they become adults in the workplace. And there's this whole tension about control. People who feel inferior have to control everything. Because control means I'm safe. Mm-hmm. No, control means you can't breathe. Right. Yeah. You know, and where someone who feels confident, they can trust people, allow their kids to go across the country or go around the world or, you know, or a supervisor who feels employees are confident. They feel that. And yeah. guess what? They function better. Hmm. Because the strongest message our kids get from us is the one we don't say. Yeah. Your wow. kids know if you think your kids know if you think they're smart. They just know. Yeah. They know. And you know, like your daughter is adorable. She knows you guys believe in her. And guess what? She acts like you guys believe in her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You say it to her, but she knows it. Mm-hmm. And kids from narcissistic parents know they're not good enough because their parents aren't happy. Wow. Yeah. And last thing I want to talk about is how do you separate from a narcissistic parent? It is, I tell guys, you've got to sneak out the back door, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. If you wait for permission, you'll never leave. Wow. And for daughters <clears throat> to separate from a narcissistic father, they just know they just have to exile because he's never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's not your problem. He wasn't happy before you were born. He's not going to be happy after you move out. Exactly. And there's a lot of guilt. Guilt is a form of controlling you. Like you never call me. I used to get that from my mom. You never call me. Finally, my mentor said, just tell her you're calling her now. I, and I was, mom, I'm calling you now. <clears throat> What's the problem? Mm. Like whatever you're doing, is not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because when I'd go to see my dad, even though he divorced my mom, I would spend time with him and the entire mm-hmm. time he was depressed because I wasn't with him enough. Right. But yet he never called me and I was a child. Oh, okay. Jenny and David commercial break here. Mm. Parents say my kids never call me. I go, that's not their job. Mm-hmm. You're the parent. Yeah, exactly. They're not supposed to look after you. Yeah. If I waited for my son to call me, I might fly to the moon sooner. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I love him to the moon and back, but I, if I'm waiting for him to call me, that's not yeah. his job. Yeah. You know, but when he does call me, you know, there's something going on. Usually, you know, there's a problem, but like I call him weekly. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but I, it's my job to reach out. I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not his job to make me feel good. Right. Right. It's not right. And I tell dads, who are single, do not use your daughter as your emotional support partner. Because that's called emotional incest. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know, no, nobody wants to hear that one. No. No. It's crazy. It's, it's horrible for horrible. the child to live through. Oh. And I've got a gentleman, mother, father's much older, and he's emancipated from the mom. And she literally said in my office a year ago, said to her son, I feel like we're breaking up. I about levitated out of my chair. What do you mean breaking up? Wow. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't lovers. Mm-hmm. And the son's like, <sighs> and now he's really like, he really has boundaries with his mom because he's always been her since age 12. He's yeah. been her husband. Mm-hmm. Emotionally. No, nothing, no foul play. Yeah. Physically, but emotionally, he, 
he's scared of women because he can't please them. Mm -hmm. I find that I see that a lot in single moms that they make their son, the man of the house. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you see that? Yes. Oh, I'm just making noises over here. Mm -hmm. It makes me, I'm just making noises. It'll make my hair curl and I have straight hair. I, I have to, here we go. I have to check my dude number two. Yeah. And I re, I have a couple moms right now that do that. Mm-hmm. And, and right goes, how do you want your son to develop? Mm-hmm. Well, I want him to be a loving, caring man toward women. I go, okay. But what about him? Mm-hmm. What about him? And boys who feel like their mother s- support, mm-hmm. either they go, if they live in Los Angeles, they go to school in Europe <laughs> or yeah. Hawaii or Southeast Asia, whatever they can to, to get, away. get yeah. away. But I say, okay, that's the first step. The second step is you're not her husband. Mm-hmm. Right. And emotional incest is as prevalent as sexual abuse is. Hmm. It's just, in, it's in the ether. Yeah. And Jenny, like you said, single mom, I understand. One thing, when a mom's telling her son how bad the father is, mm-hmm. I go, remember, he's half that man. Yes. yes. So you're telling him he's 50% defective. Wow. Right. How's that going to work out? Right. You know, how's that going to work? You know, or the narcissistic dad who's telling his daughter, your mom, like you, you know, your dad, your, your mom abandoned me. No, dad, you divorced her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I had to. No, you didn't. Wow. You take responsibility for your actions, dad. That's a big one. Yeah. Right. And the child translate it translate is like my parent hates me. My Bingo. parent hates me because yep. they they're unhappy. They got divorced. They're unhappy. And now I can't make that my my mom or dad happy. I can't help them. Or and and then you you're just codependent because <laughs> you want to fix I, everybody. <laughs> okay. And Jay, that leads into David. One of the missions of your whole project, the mm-hmm. show up dad. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of dads that were their mother's husband. They freak out because they don't, they felt suffocated. Mm-hmm. And the idea of doing that again, they, they jump out of the 10th story window. Yeah. It's not, they don't want to be good dads. They don't know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I work with dads. You've got to leave your mom at home literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. Yeah. Wow. I never saw yeah, that never connection. Saw that. That's amazing. Isn't it? David, I meant to tell you that a lot of my dads are not involved. It's not they don't love their children. I go, tell me about your mother. Oh my God. Yeah. I just sleep in the same bed with her. Like she'd have me snuggle with her. Mm. To what age? One way to call it. So you were 18 hugging with your mother? Yes. Wow. Wow. I, you guys, I wish it wasn't true. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. And David, a lot of, I, I want to say the third of the dads we deal with, uh-huh. they had a mom who was in their hip pocket and they don't know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Wow. They don't know how to manage it. What starts so many different fights too, because like I, I know oh, yeah. if, your mo- if your mother is always in your business, right? Where yep. she need to take a place where she doesn't need to have that place, you know, where your wife, when you get mm-hmm. married, the Bible says to leave and cleave, right? So you cleave. To Correct. And, and there's a reason why mm-hmm. they say you've got to leave. I mean, that is, is that's up there with love, God, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you can't leave your mom, you can't create your own world. Yes. 
And that's as old as there are people on this planet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It, it's heavy. Dave, I tell you, a lot of those guys, they're not de derelicts in their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. They have unresolved enmeshment with their mom. Unresolved enmeshment. Okay. Unresolved enmeshment. And the next time we talk, we're going to talk about how to disentangle yourself. You're going to feel bad. But you need to disentangle yourself so your kids can breathe freely, mm. emotionally, spiritually, academically. Mm -hmm. It really makes a difference. Absolutely. Like I get, I get worried. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go put my foot in my mouth here. Uh -huh. I see families, like the grandparents, the parents, and the new kid, the new couple, all go on vacation together. Mm -hmm. now, I'm not saying it's not great to get together, but if they don't go on vacation together, someone's in trouble. Yep. Mm -hmm. I always ask, if you don't go, what's going to happen? Oh, I'll be disowned. That's not a family vacation. That's family enmeshment. Yeah. Generational. Mm -hmm. You know, and some people say, well, yeah, if I, I'll miss out on Hawaii. Okay, that's different. Mm -hmm. That's not enmeshment. That's just we want to be together. Mm -hmm. And if you don't come, we'll miss you, but you're not committing a crime against the family. Mm -hmm. And it can even be as small as just having your own opinion. Oh, it starts there, right there. That's yeah. number one. It, that's why so many they talk like we said the turbulent teen years yeah you're 12 13 comes home and they have an opinion about something it, it's maybe contrary just but it's forbidden mm -hmm. that's why i tell parents no 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 let them have a difference of opinion well she wants to dye her hair purple let her do it mm -hmm. it, it's only it's you know it'll, it'll wash out but that helps her be her own person and wow. you're supporting that within boundaries okay we're talking yeah. within limits you know, yeah. guardrails, guardrails. <laughs> One of the things my daughter always hits me up with is, Dad, can I get a tattoo? And I'm like, okay, well, what's the legal age for a tattoo? You know, what, once you can do that, yep. you can do that. It's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, right there's legal ages, right? Um, Absolutely. She wants to get a tattoo, she can perfectly get a tattoo if she wants to. You know what I mean? And the other thing I say is, and when you can pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 They're two for two. Yeah, you're exactly. 18 and you can pay for it. And you know, another thing is that answer is great. Yeah. Yeah. You're making her responsible. You're not saying no, but when it, when you can make that decision, it's yours. Yeah. yeah. But right now, we're gonna wait. Mm -hmm. Right. And this was such the, a great message. <laughs> oh, you guys, I, I can't tell you I love this. We could go for another hour. Yes. I want to wrap this up with you. Yes. Daughters of narcissistic fathers, the challenges is how to tolerate disapproval from a man. Okay. Sons of a narcissistic father have to learn not to react in rage. It's when they feel bad or they feel shame. Hmm. Not to react in rage. Like the guy that at Mandalay Bay, he was rageful. For being neglected mm -hmm. and he took it out on the world where a woman would just you know many times eating disorder hurt themselves listen hey david it's an honor to be with you love what you're doing and dads who want to get involved uh -huh. think about your mother david we'll do more about mothers and um fathers yes Yes, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Steve Poulter, how can anybody get a hold of you? Um, they want to reach out to you. I know I get a lot of people asking for your number and stuff like Jake, that to get a hold you of you. You know, 
Uh, you've got my cell phone. They can always text me. Or, okay. Uh, my website, Stephen or, or Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-A-M, Poulter.com. And David, I got to put your, I'm going to link your website onto mine so okay. we, we can inter interface. And you guys, it's an honor to be with both of you today. What a great discussion. Yeah, absolutely. This thank you for amazing. coming on. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you yeah. both. God bless. And we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.